When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm Rob Sesternino, back again for the amazing race recap. It was season 34, episode 3, on a night they called the Mega Leg. And here to talk about it, our amazing race panel that I've put together like a Ducati. Here we go with the big cheese of Amazing Race podcasting. It's Jessica Lease. I hope I have 88 pounds worth of thoughts here, Rob. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, roll them out. Cut them up. That's All what right. I do every week. Yeah. Okay. And then here with us back again, the always humorous Mike Bloom. Yeah, that's the closest I'll get to being humorous besides <laughs> the skeleton outfit. Excited to be here. Yeah, Mega Leg Part 1. I guess we just call it Mega, right? Drop the leg, keep the Mega. Not Will uh, Mega? Because, yeah, ex- no. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, because... Where uh, we saw part one, essentially. We knew that this was coming, right? The little bit of the loophole of no non-elimination legs. Essentially, what they did then was just, okay, split one big leg across two episodes of The Amazing Like a block of cheese. Exactly. And then deliver it to two different restaurants in the forms of our households across two different weeks. So we got the big to-be-continued emblazoned across the screen. But still, you know, some stuff to talk about here as we go to Italia for uh, the second time in two seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll break it all down of what goes on. Really, on a night where just vibes. (laughs) Right? Nothing mattered. 
Nothing mattered. It was just vibes. I mean, I think we might see some repercussions next week, but I think for the most part, yeah, this was this was filler. Yeah. Well, Phil wasn't Phil wasn't really there. Uh, yeah, it wasn't was much of a filler. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. I will say that. Uh, I mean, listen. Mega legs are always right. And also, I'll correct myself. Uh, I've, I've they've gone to Greece instead of Italy last season. Uh, but this the mega leg is interesting because when it happened in season thirty two, like this whole idea of double the detours, double the roadblocks, etc., was interesting until you sort of realize that double the detours, double the roadblocks essentially boils down to like, okay, it's just four tasks. And if you look at other Amazing Race uh, seasons, including ones in the past or international ones, that's sort of the equivalent of a regular leg of the Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it it doesn't necessarily seem like that big of an endurance deal as it was previously. But I use this as more of an opportunity to get to know the team, see them shine a bit more. And I do feel like with probably the exception of two teams, I've really been liking the cast this season. At least... Th- this was uh, seen as an opportunity to like uh, if it was a vibe season see, uh, episode to like watch them be able to interact more, get to know them a bit more and just see those personalities pop amidst maybe some tests and a an outcome that we knew was already coming from the very first instant we heard the word mega leg. Mike, is this a blind item or are you will you reveal in this podcast the two teams that you uh, did not make your top eight? I mean, I, I can reveal it now if you want to, because I, I would be inclined to see if you all agree or disagree. Uh, Luis and Michelle and Aubrey and David are the definition of go ahead, girl, give us nothing uh, at this moment. I just I, I'm not really getting anything. Okay. From let them. me they, defend they seem them. Like pleasant people. Let, but let like, me uh, let me defend them in with this in the most the faintest way possible. Okay. So, uh, I I will say for Aubrey and David, at least that for David, this was kind of like uh, a five hole task for him this week that we kind of got that he uh, works on the helicopters and he likes the fast and the furious. And so for him, this was a task that was literally in his wheelhouse. I, I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. Liking the Fast and the Furious is definitely a personality trait that puts him in with what, like 80% of yes. Americans. And, you know, at, at least for uh, Luis and Michelle, we got in the trailer for next week where Luis is like really giving us movie announcer guy of like double the tasks. Like he, he really like helped hype up the mega leg. We also yeah. got that they can't drive stick. Mm-hmm. So there's yes, that of too. course, the very unique <laughs> facet of Amazing Race teams that only Luis and Michelle don't know that's how to like, drive stick. Who's not going to drive stick this episode? Mm-hmm. That's kind of they they win the I don't drive stick episode for the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically a, a third roadblock in this mega leg. Right? It's like who doesn't know how to drive stick? It was a factor. It definitely was a factor. Okay, so. Um, we will break uh, that all down here. Oh, just overall, though, that, you know, no nomin elimination legs in season 34 of the Amazing Race, but we get the, the the mega leg. Just was it any different for you? The only thing, as we mentioned, is that they told us up front that nobody's going home this week. Mm-hmm. And that was it's nice to be able to plan your week a little bit. But other than that, it it felt like. It felt like a dodge. It felt mm-hmm. like they're saying they got rid of non-elimination legs, but th- did they really? This is this is a leg. It's it's not half of a leg. It's a leg. Even, yeah. And it felt like, especially coming off of Amazing Race Canada, where they packed at least five or six tasks into every week, this felt like it dragged a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we didn't get 90 minutes of it. That's for sure. <sighs> yeah. 
Um, I, I, I mean, it's, it's weird that I, I feel like that I almost had like the opposite. Not that I was like, Oh, I like, uh, I'm, I'm wanting more, but I kind of feel like the episode ended. I'm like, that was it. Like, uh, yeah. like, uh, I guess this is, I guess this is it. Cause you know, we don't even see Phil in the mega leg. I really feel like that if you're going to do the mega leg, like have the two legs be in one hour or, or one night. Uh, like, I feel like that yeah. when they did it in season 32, that, I, that's how it was presented. And I think that that was like, okay, th- this is a really fun night, the mega leg. But the mega leg across two weeks is like, not ideal. I mean, it's incredibly similar to Survivor 41, right? We're down to Jeff Probst telling us in the beginning of the episode, it's going to be a two part episode. Nobody's going home in this one. They rectified it in season 42 and made the entire hourglass thing one big two hour episode. So that way, by the end of the episode, there is some satisfaction in knowing that somebody is going home. Now, look, like, I can't be hypocritical and be like, there should have been someone going home here because, again, like, non-elimination legs have been part of the DNA of The Amazing Race since the very beginning. I'm not disappointed that, like, someone didn't go home at the end of this episode. I think it was an interesting spot to end it. I think they had to choose just, like, some climactic point. I suppose the despondency of Lumumba being left alone to tend to his motorcycle would serve as that point i would say it was not the most like epic thing uh i thought there was some interesting though much like last episode some interesting placement changes happening right like looking further than the aforementioned glenda and lamumba who go from over the course of only two tasks leaving in the first group to being left behind by all the other teams by the end of the episode mm-hmm. do you think that they are in contention to be the team that gets eliminated uh in the back in the business end of the uh mega leg It's tough to say because, again, uh, whether it's these tasks or these teams, we have seen so much jumbling up happening that, like, I can't count them out for surviving. Uh, I think on paper you would think, oh, yeah, they're just way too far behind. But I think due to the self-driving and the stick shift stuff, which we'll certainly get into, uh, you know, certainly problems beyond Luis and Michelle in terms of that, between these tasks really tripping some teams up. I mean, again, look no further than the roadblock where basically everyone got bunched together. At one point, I think there's definitely going to be a chance that Glenda Lamumba are going to be able to keep Boom Boom uh, <laughs> in their, you know, in their front in their front view headlights. I uh, <laughs> keep looking forward with it. Uh, I, I think they're not necessarily out of the woods. Just just I'm going to go out on a limb. Glenda and Lamumba. Well, I'm, I'm going to channel channel Brian Scally. Glenda and Lamumba will not be the third team eliminated from the Amazing Race 34. I think it's a satisfying story if they don't. I think we're being set up and, you know, they've got so many hours of footage to play with and so many different stories they can tell. In fact, they're putting this one up front. I think the only satisfying way to resolve that is for them to live to see another day. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are some teams that it's like, I guess I could, you know, I could take or leave them. They could go home and it would be fine. But those are the teams that we don't know a lot about yet. And we could be saving them for later. Like maybe we're getting a lot of Glenda and Lumumba right now because that's all the Glenda and Lumumba we're going to get. Yeah. The thing that does give me pause is that I feel like that I didn't really get a team that also could potentially be. And and again, maybe that these episodes are edited separately and we're not getting like the team having the disaster leg that is going to go home on the back half of the mega leg. That hasn't happened yet. So we're not getting that story. But 
If not Glenda and Lamumba, then who? I don't have a good answer for that. Uh, oh, I really? Could say, yeah, I'd say like Rich and, Rich and Dom. Dom. Yeah, yeah. They no, are very, but there's they are they're the they're, they're stars. Right they're st- they're stars too. We we can't lose them. But- but Rob, this could be another. In, this could be another case of okay. this is all the rich and dumb we're gonna get. So we're getting every piece of it. Can I maybe like give some information that um, I don't know if this is like I don't know if this is considered a spoiler. I, I think I know what you're. What, what do you? Yeah, where, yeah. Where, where, where are you gonna say? I there was a real love boat yes, event yes. Uh, this past week, right, featuring several CBS reality alumni, uh, stars, and also Monty. Uh, and then uh, I believe <laughs> Rich on. and Dom were there, in addition to Will and James, of course. You know, huge faces of Amazing Race. They're hosting uh, CBS, you know, Spaces on Twitter every Wednesday evening before the reality block starts. Mm-hmm. And Rich and Dom were there. Now, is it a local thing? Is it a possible look ahead to them doing well on the race? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, They have been far from stable in this race, much to our entertainment. Uh, I have really been loving them. I can't wait to get into, you know, all the stuff that they've been doing as soon as this episode doesn't look great next episode considering that Dom is going to have what looks like a mental breakdown (laughs) over a sculpting task. Uh, So I I love them. I love them. Yeah, I mean, I really hope they end up being our like Kaylin and Haley, like consistently getting by on by the skin of their teeth each and every round. And then we we close our eyes and open them and they're in the final five or final six. Yeah, they are casting gold. I, I love them. Just what what do you think of that theory of the team that's third out on The Amazing Race doesn't get an invite to go to the real Love Boat premiere? I would have to know who else was at this thing. Like Kylan? I would want the full cast list. Uh no, Abby, Abby another, Maria. Another team in Declare, which we can now say is officially their ship name because I did get a cease and desist from one of the parties involved saying, do not use the name <laughs> I suggested last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So Abby Maria being there says to me that they invited everybody and this is just who's local and showed up because <laughs> she is great. But she hasn't been on our television in like five years. Okay. Um, all of her placements have been, uh, I think that her her worst finish is top seven. Yeah. I mean, great player. Mm-hmm. But you know that Survivor likes to, likes to have you remember the most recent seasons. Like if it was everybody from the cast of last season. Mm-hmm then okay. Mm -hmm. Or if it was like just the most important people from last season, okay. It's, this was like, you didn't get the invite, Rob, because you've moved out to LA, but (laughs) you would have gotten I would have gotten an invite if I was still on the West Coast. It's it's obvious. It's it's clear. It's very, makes, they definitely would have sent me one. Let me put out a pretty cockamamie theory here. Rich and Dom coming first in the end of next episode. And Phil says, as a result of winning, you've won an invite to go to the <laughs> premiere of the real love boat happening in October of 2020. Synergy. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, they could also Let's- be one of those teams that's just really into it because we have had amazing race teams who yeah. didn't necessarily light the world on fire in their season, 
but they show up to yes. events all the time. It, it's like entirely they're, possible they're yeah. local. Yeah, that that. Um, they, so I, I guess so. They're, I guess they're, they're from Huntington Beach, so they uh, they may have been just uh, in the area at the yeah. time mm-hmm. when we had Tarcons. Like you'd get all the New York area people. Then you'd get people that would travel that were on like three or four seasons ago, but just liked to show up and hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe they just like to show up and hang out. So I guess I'm just trying to manifest that they're going to be a big part of this season because I, I enjoy watching them so much. So um, I guess we'll we'll see if uh, I, I think it adds some intrigue to, you know, uh, could they uh, could they be because I agree that if not. Glenda and Lamumba, I guess they are probably the most likely, but I kind of feel like that they're they, they we've gotten so much of them that I I, I don't want to let them go. I don't want to lose no. either one of these teams, though. Yeah, like, they're probably the the two most the two most exciting teams that we have. Yeah. Meanwhile, Phil is like, well, then what do you all want? You say no, don't do non eliminations, and then don't get rid of people. Make up your mind. This is Phil the, uh, the down- <laughs> it's the downside of having you know a really good cast. Somebody's sometimes. thinking it, like, Jess. <laughs> you're, you're killing your darlings. Uh, mm-hmm. No matter what, you're losing a, a good team. So we'll see. But yeah, again, I, I think this episode was a fun way to like watch people pop. I will say, uh, Marcus and Michael have I think popped as well for me. Surprisingly, so as like a very fun team. I think they have more of a sense of humor than maybe I regarded them as initially. Hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy them. I, I feel like that it's been a lot of fun where um, Michael is doing tasks and Marcus is commenting on his brother doing yeah. tasks. Uh, that's that that's been very fun. Yeah, I think we. I, I can't remember if we talked last week about Marcus encouraging Michael to make love to the yodel. It came up during the yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess let's talk about the tasks this week and then and then let's double back and then let's talk about the teams. I I think that's a good way to sort of like uh, make sure that we cover everything. So, all right, Jess, what would you make of this leg? We uh, got the Amazing Race Charter back in action for the first time this season. Uh, We headed out to Italy for the mega leg and we kick things off with the detour head of the class or the big cheese. I thought this was an interesting this is an interesting tactic that the Amazing Race doesn't take very often. There's not a lot of Amazing Race tasks that just reward raw knowledge mm-hmm. because yeah. you could yeah, listen yeah. to the lecture and learn from the guy. But this was trivia and they don't they don't test trivia on the Amazing Race very much, which is probably why they haven't called me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> could you have done I, this, Jess? You knew all I the books. Bo- oh, okay. wow. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I um. I, I was an absolute dweeb when I was a kid, as opposed to now uh, when I'm incredibly cool. And (laughs) I remember I was the very first thing I wanted to do with my life was study human anatomy. So I bought a a college like college level anatomy course on video cassette and watched (laughs) it when I was 10 years old. And I took my dad's steno pad and I took notes, copious, complex notes about human anatomy for no reason, there was no test, no adjudication happening. It was just for my own jollies. Uh, so yeah, I, I, this is definitely one of those slumdog millionaire moments where I think uh, something would have came to to flash back for me. But I completely agree with Jess. We have the five holes, certainly, to that point about David's mechanical work. But very, very rarely is it, okay, you know this thing from outside the race. Now it's going to come into play here when usually when they get tested on things like the time zone stuff infamously in season 21 like 
that's something you have to learn on the fly. I, I just thought that was a really interesting tactic as well. Yeah. Yeah. We, we watched it. Um, I actually, I, I got George caught up on Amazing Race this week. Um, by the way, he's turning six today. Oh, so happy, happy birthday, birthday, George. George. Yes. And we were watching this and, and he even said, he thought that it didn't even matter if you were in the lecture hall, you would have to know this stuff already. Mm -hmm. like, I don't think you could learn it just by listening to this guy. You'd have to, you'd have to be able to pull it out already. And he said the cheese looked like by far the easier task if you didn't have that knowledge to begin with. I thought so too. Is George right, Jess? I mean, George is right about a lot of things. He was three for three on picking winners of Amazing Race US. So, oh wow, my God, did the he new make Nicole Cesarino? Yeah, did he make the yeah. winner pick for the season? He did finally, um, but I think it was tainted because he asked who my winner pick was first. Oh, but yeah, and so he said he agrees with me. He he picks Derek and Claire as well. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I I do think this was a very unbalanced detour, uh, which happens sometimes just due to like the makeup of the task. I mean, Derek himself said it and it was vocalized on screen that I thought was definitely true. Right. Of like a lot of these physical tasks on the amazing race. It's just, OK, put down your head, power through. It's much more straightforward than the brainier side of tasks. As long as you have the endurance, you'll get it done relatively quickly because it's that much simpler. And this is like a really tried and true example of that, right? Where the head of the class was fairly complicated, especially if you didn't know that much about anatomy and took copious amount of times. Only a couple teams got it on the first try, as opposed to it's not coincidental that, you know, when you look at the top five teams going into the roadblock, I think like four out of the five ended up coming from the big cheese because it really was as simple as if you had relatively good directions and like a, enough strength in the moment, you could just, power through without any complications whatsoever it seems so much easier to do the big cheese well especially since this is a task that you get like every other leg of the amazing race is a collect this thing mm -hmm. and take it to this other place and get proof that you took it to the place and then bring it back to the origin point and almost everybody is well, well versed enough in like how to read maps and how to ask people for directions that except for Sharik. <laughs> yeah, except for Sharik. <laughs> yeah, that it, it just feels like, you know, this kind of task is going to be there. And so, you know what it's going to be going in mm -hmm. um, where I think. I think that there's a lot more room for variance on the listen to a lecture and remember the details kind of task. Yeah. Um as for uh, that task, the uh, head of the class, I also thought that was like a weird fit for Italy. Like, I, can, I guess they had that place where they can give a lecture, but I, I don't know. It just seemed odd that this was like you have so many things to do in Italy. Um, listen to this anatomy lecture and then, you know, look at the operation game and put the tiles down and name all the parts of the human body did not seem like something that you would necessarily necessarily like, okay, that's what we're going to do when we go to Italy. Well, yes, yeah, so we, we move on to the water on the knee and then the funny bone. <laughs> Don't forget the Charlie horse. Mm -hmm. I, I think the university was an interesting slant, but I think they struggled to come up with something for something that fits the, you know, the oldest university in the Western world. And the, the, that I liked the, I liked the anatomy. I wish it was a little grosser maybe, 
mm -hmm. would have been more interesting. Oh, interesting. If we'd used like the colloquial Italian words for everything instead yeah. of the you know correct Latin word terms, mm -hmm. there were ways to make it more interesting. I think. I don't think they want to make it any harder, which was the problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. there, there is sort of like a secondary attachment as well with like the Vitruvian man of it all, right? Mm -hmm. with, with Da Vinci. There wasn't really a connection there explicitly, but I guess it it sort of made sense. It's also tough to make entertainment out of, right? Sit down and listen to a thing and then take a test on it. Uh, probably the most entertaining thing we got out of it was the entire Glenda and Lumumba sequence of failure before they finally realized the whole Emerus thing. Something out of like, <laughs> something out of like Martin Short scenes and Father of the Bride. <laughs> I think, uh, and I, I honestly, there's a there's a painting by a Dutch master that is one of these lecture halls where they're like giving people an anatomy lesson with an actual corpse. And I feel like that's the image that they want you to think of. But then it wasn't, it was like they're using the CPR dummy to point out the parts. And it wasn't very, it wasn't very visceral. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. putting some actual viscera in there might've been interesting. Yeah. You think just that maybe if they would have had like, maybe like some corpses of people that donated their body to reality TV, where then they could have like, okay, pull like uh, pull out an appendix. I'm surprised Bloom hasn't donated his body to reality TV yet. Why, yeah. why do you think I'm just bones? They keep stripping me for organs at yeah. this point. That's I mean, all that's left of me. Mike, it would not have been unlike the Tough as Nails challenge where they were in uh, the junkyard where it was like, uh, Phil's like, all right, who knows what a carburetor is? All right, yeah. go back and bring me one. And what's this thing? It's a spleen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, the Grace. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you'd understand in retrospect why the show now airs at 10 o'clock because I think that's a little too graphic for the family show of the Amazing Grace. It for the doesn't have to hours. be real corpses. Yeah. Mike, okay, it, you... could be, it could be an animal corpse or it could be like, you know, those haunted house situations where you put your hand on the yeah. grapes and it's... Bring it back yeah. some spaghetti. <laughs> Mike, have you watched, have you ever watched CBS any other night of the week at 10 p.m.? Do you know how many <laughs> autopsies air on this network on the other non-reality shows? That's all it is. Yeah, maybe they should have gone for the whole CSI, but the I stands for Italy in this aspect. Yeah. I mean, AJ Mass has told me a lot of things about criminal minds, and I, I feel like... I'm surprised that airs on a network. Yeah. The whole sh the whole network is reality TV, young Sheldon and autopsies. <laughs> Even their the comedy is about dead people. Place, Mike, the number one all new right, comedy is ghosts. Here's a, here are all the parts of young Sheldon. You must have <laughs> find, figured out, identify, where's this bow tie? It's a crossover event of the century. And, you know, CBS's audience, like their target demographic is people with one foot in the grave. So it all comes together. <laughs> and it's spooky season. It is. It is mm -hmm. spooky season. Maybe they didn't. If they realized that, I think maybe they would have gone perhaps for something a bit more gruesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that would have been interesting if we went with like bodies exhibit, right? Of like, here are all these cadavers, because then it almost becomes like a gross food challenge in addition to a memory challenge. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. 
It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The roadblock then that the teams had to do uh, was uh, who needs a break? Uh, and we needed Lumumba. to. <laughs> <laughs> we needed to assemble a Ducati motorcycle. And so the teams uh, were going to need to put that together. Now, uh, I'm a, a bit of a uh, motorcycle guy, but I didn't want to pay all that money. Uh, just I actually have a uh, gold Ducati. Uh, it's a fake. <laughs> it's a fake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Get, get, haul, hauls a lot of Cardassian, doesn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. We had to put together our motorcycles uh, task, and I couldn't decide if I like this or not. This was probably one of those tasks that was more fun to do than it was to watch other people do it. And there's been a lot of those lately where it's like, this is probably for the sake of the game. This is a, you know, this is a hands-on technical thing that is probably very satisfying when you finish it. But watching people do it, it's like, if I wanted to watch people put together cars, I could go watch the History Channel. (laughs) Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, not a lot. Ironically enough, more cars than dead bodies probably on that than on CBS. Uh, yeah, you you would think. Who knows what this is? <laughs> Rupert Lee's going to be on the a new History Channel show. I would imagine he's going to be the new Ancient Aliens meme guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I actually like this. I think from like a design perspective, I always appreciate tasks where you feel like anyone could catch up at any point in time. Like. We'll talk about it, but look at someone like Emily and Molly who leapfrogged from eighth to second just by doing this task well. I think it is a little repetitive to watch people go through it, especially keep making the same mistakes. But at least from like a conceptual perspective, I like the idea of like, you don't need to necessarily be a big gearhead to get into it. It certainly helps, as we saw with Aubrey and David, but it really was, as is always the case, attention to detail and especially just noticing little things like, oh, the clutch needs to be in neutral in order for the wheel to spin. Uh, it's always those types of little details that trips people up. So I feel like this was tried and true to the Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. They had almost the same task on this past season of Amazing Race Canada with a bike bike, not a motorcycle. Yeah. Where they had to put a wheel on and they had like gears and they had to watch the demo. And they devoted five minutes of the episode to it. Mm. And it was only because like somebody like took a part with them and had to come back. Um, actually, I don't think they even had to come back. I think they just kept the part, but, um, it, it, they packed around so much other stuff around it that it was like, this was a satisfying component of the race. We could see where it affected placement, but we didn't have to spend half of the episode on it. And I think I would have liked a regular task sandwiched in the middle of these, like something colorful, like root info thing, just to break it up a little bit and give it give them something else interesting to do. Yeah. Cause they also had to do two different things here 
on the Ducati. It wasn't just like put the wheel on. Then there was like another part, which was like, if anything, like um, harder to even figure out what was going on of like sort of like then assemble like like the plastic frame. I don't know if you ask Emily, it's if you ask Emily, it sounded pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she does Legos. Yeah, I built IKEA furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I we'll we'll get into it later. I am slowly loving the runner of Emily specifically being like, yeah, that was pretty easy. While like Claire is like <laughs> just like weeping profusely about trying to get mm-hmm. through this task. Like her her like effortlessness is a very fun thing throughout these past couple episodes. Yeah. I thought that at first I was like, you know, I think I could probably do this. Uh, And then I remembered uh, only about four days ago that I put together a bicycle for my son's birthday. uh, And it took me a very long time and I was very frustrated. I was like, oh, that's probably like uh, was easier than what this was ultimately going to be. Like, why is it making this noise? It doesn't make any sense. And I had like the wheel on backwards and uh, the brake wasn't connected the right way. So um, I do not think in hindsight I would have been good at this. I feel bad for the guy that has to do the demo. Mm-hmm. Like he basically, he's going to spend three hours like taking yeah. apart the motorcycle and putting the motorcycle back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's like a greek myth about that right about the guy that was punished by the gods to just keep taking the wheel off his motorcycle for americans to try to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. that's definitely that's definitely in my greek mythology treasury you know at the same time that mike when you were reading the anatomy watching the anatomy videos and taking notes i was reading the greek mythology treasury mm-hmm. did you have a steno pad also um i never took notes i didn't take notes wow. in college either oh Okay. <laughs> wow, look at this. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did take notes about all of the teams in the Amazing Race. So let's talk through how everybody ultimately did. We don't have placements for this week. So um, I'm just going to go off of uh, how they're listed on the Amazing Race wiki for this week. Uh, and they've got uh, Marcus and Michael still at the top of everything. And uh, they did seem like our front runners through this leg of the amazing race. Uh, They did start off uh, hot coming out and uh, were able to really ace the uh, big cheese task right in their wheel of cheese house. There was a a moment where Michael said, this is my first experience cutting 88 pounds of cheese in half. And it's like, yeah, I imagine that's going to apply to everyone in this cast, maybe right. everyone on the crew as well. It's not often something we experience in like Wisconsin, you know, mm-hmm. not enough cutting the cheese jokes, honestly. Yeah, not enough. Um, they did brand the guy that they had to bring the cheese to as the cheese Meister, which was my yeah, alternate Rob intro Sh- for Mike Bloom for this episode. I mean, again, would be very appropriate uh, considering my my level of, of humorous. Uh, yeah, Rob Schneider really having a, a return to form, right? Between the announcement of the Animal 2 and now the Cheese Meister. <laughs> Cutting the cheese. Doing the, yeah. doing the roadblock. <laughs> and Phil's intro of this was also weak sauce. Yes. This was, this was very much like I typed Italy into Wikipedia and here's what came up. It's shaped like a boot and they have two kinds of cheese. Mm-hmm. And Phil holds up like, this is mozzarella. This is Parmigiano Reggiano. Mm-hmm. These are cheeses in Italy. And I understand you had a mega leg so you could go sightseeing in Italy, but you could have at least 
like done a little more homework. Uh, yeah, the Phil's, Phil's intro on the plate is so odd of like, teams are heading towards the boot commonly known as Italy. Just such an odd phrasing. Yeah. And so, it's not the first time he's pointed that out either. Like, that's his one fact about Italy. Mm-hmm. And he just hammers on it. Like, the last time they were in Italy, I think he said, it's shaped like a boot. And I'm, thanks, Phil. Mm-hmm. I've seen a map. I would want to know that maybe some somebody has some sort of like AI machine learning that could tell us. Was this the episode of The Amazing Race that had the least amount of fill in it of any episode of the entire series? Hmm. That's interesting. Because, again, well, I don't know, because he like still introduced tasks. He just wasn't at the pit stop. OK, so but is there to, any I'm other episode where he doesn't introduce tasks? Like, and I even feel like that with the Ducati, like I feel like that we had like Phil on the screen, like he was like walking on like an island in traffic uh, for like four seconds. And uh, that was a, I think that was all we saw him. This really it's a departure from, you know, around season 25, 26, when he would just stand there as they're running around behind him and Mm -hmm. be like, there they are. They're about to do the task. Yeah. And this time it's like, I don't even know if he was in the same country at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like He could have gone off and done something entirely different. Yeah. Tough as nails uh, season, mini season. He was he was filming in the country commonly known as the boot and his airtime got the boot. Mm hmm. I, I mean, I'd be intrigued to look at like when the, on mega the charter. Leg wasn't the, yeah, when the mega leg wasn't the mega leg right back when it was like a to be continued, like we saw back in season six and seven. I wonder if it's comparable as well. But that also, again, had more tasks to it than usual. So uh, maybe we just got more fill than by proxy. Yeah, we, uh, we were missing out again. Not really a filler week in that regard. He just came on to inter- do his little like three segments, right? Two for the detour, one for the roadblock. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want for Phil. I want him to have spent this entire mega leg eating pasta somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like he's just in a restaurant, like kicking back. He's got a glass of wine, big plate of pasta, and everybody else is running the race and he gets to have the week off. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, would hope that his- he's eating that pasta with Asta and Nina. One would hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for many reasons, because, again, they're delightful. But yeah, I want Phil to have his Master of None season two moment where he can just luxuriate, yes. eat pasta not worry about the race. I'll meet you in Florence. It's fine. I might take a little bit slower to get there because I kind of have to waddle a bit after all the pasta I ate, but I'll be there regardless. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for Marcus and Michael, then uh, they were able to, uh, you know, blow through the cheese challenge. Uh, They get to uh, assembling the Ducati and we find out Marcus and Michael are motorcycle enthusiasts. Marcus even owns a Ducati, but he doesn't take it apart. Which I makes a lot of sense. They're expensive. Yeah. You want to wreck things like, you know, you're not my child who just takes mm-hmm. apart everything. Yeah, I, I really loved the transparency with which Marcus is like, listen, not going to yuck anyone's yum, but like, this is what you pay people to do, right? Like, I'm not the one to get under the hood and just tinker around for the sake of doing so. If there's something wrong, there are people that are experts in it. They may charge me an arm and a leg, like I'll identify it head of the class, but I'm fine having other people work on it rather than Mm -hmm. myself. I did think it was pretty interesting that in this um, roadblock, 
I feel like that almost all the same people that did the yodeling roadblock also were doing this one. And I know you have to kind of keep it balanced. I, th I feel like that, especially like this early on, I almost feel like that you would have like, the okay, well, okay, I did this one, now you do this one. Uh, but we saw a bunch of people who had just done the yodeling uh, roadblock also attempting this. I think they're saving, they're saving the other person for tasks that they know the first person can't do. Mm -hmm. I think in the early legs, there's a lot of, well, I can do this. I don't want to get stuck doing something that I can't, definitely can't do. Mm -hmm. And I think like what I, I think I read somewhere that like in Derek and Claire's case, especially Claire is doing every task that she can do so that she doesn't get stuck doing like a heights task. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Though it should be interesting to note Linton and Sharik, Linton has done all three roadblocks so far. Because remember, the ice block was considered a roadblock on that first leg. So An ice block. We could be, yeah, exactly. So we could be seeing a situation where like Sharik will eventually have to do some, which it makes for some interesting drama. Because again, Linton kind of seems like that jack of all trades, like knows a little bit about everything just due to his life experience. But there, there were some DNA common strands of dna right michael uh did things twice claire obviously did emily did so there was a little bit i would not say that a lot of people i'd say maybe half of the people we saw do this roadblock were the ones that did it the last time okay which is uh, about as many as you'd get from random chance right mike exactly yeah mm -hmm. exactly flip flip a coin basically and yeah. michael really struggled uh he could not figure out how to put the wheel into neutral i have to be honest i don't think that that's something i would uh like i, I think it would put it together i would not think about uh putting it into a different gear yeah i don't even know how you change the gears on a motorcycle mm -hmm. is it up on I'll, the I'll I'll be honest and so and show again why I was that nerd that took notes on anatomy when I was 10 years old. I didn't realize that motorcycles had a neutral gear. I just mm -hmm. thought it was forward and reverse. Who knew? Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, we don't, don't have uh, Mike Bloom drive the stick shift either when we go on the amazing race. Yeah, well, the two of you, like, I don't know which one of you I'm taking on the amazing race with me, but whoever it is, you better practice stick shift because I can't drive anything. Take my so. Mike's going to be more useful, Jess. No, famous last words. Mike's uh, going to be more useful least, and he's going to have a better attitude. I take it back. I want the two of you to go and oh. I want to podcast about it. Okay. <laughs> for the one episode that I get to podcast about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I would do better than with Stephen Fishback. Don't let him hear that, but at least he does. Well, at least Mike I, I, doesn't hate Steven, the Amazing I'm Race. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know he, yeah, he listens to all the recaps. At least I don't, least I don't subtweet the Amazing Race and ask, why do people like this show? <laughs> did he do that? Did he tweet that? Yes, he did. He did. And then I uh, I kind of called him out on it and then he probably deleted it. Probably. Sounds about right. All right. Anything else about Marcus and Michael this week? They continue to be really, really solid. Again, I think they were able to take what they messed up in the first leg, uh, real, which is really, again, like only one major thing and able to institute it and move forward fairly seamless. Even the times that they stumbled, they've stumbled very little. Uh, it's interesting that in the previous song, they're like, Marcus and Michael couldn't get on the same page when it came to the bells when like, I feel like Rex and Tim were the ones that struggled much mm -hmm. more on the bells comparatively. So I feel like they're making a bit of a mountain out of the molehill with another M&M. But again, I think these guys continue to prove themselves to be front runners and we'll see if they can net themselves another first place finish next week. Okay. 
Uh, Emily and Molly, uh, Mike referenced that they are not really having a lot of trouble uh, with these tasks uh, to the point where they're like, we must be doing it can't be this easy. We must be doing something wrong. All these other teams are struggling. Uh, no, they, they did start off the episode saying that they were struggling with their confidence, uh, but hopefully they are starting to gain some of that confidence. Yeah, they are yeah, I- easily becoming one of my favorite teams. Yes. It's a great, great story. And they just, I think I would be second guessing it too. This is like every, every single one is pen at the, at the roadblock with the train being like, this can't be the clue. I just grabbed it. Mm -hmm. I really like their dynamic. I kind of like how dry their personalities are. Again, Emily, especially considering this is the second time where she's like, yeah, it was pretty easy. I got through it. Like, again, sometimes we like it's the bride and Cynthia, right, Jess, of like mm-hmm. sometimes yes. those types of personalities <laughs> work out really well on television. But their dynamic continues to be one of the most intriguing things on the race. What seems to be their storyline is this idea of they're doing really well at the tasks themselves, but getting there always proves to be a problem. They seem to be one of the, the teams that struggled the most with the stick ship. But there's this really interesting moment, right, where I think it's Emily who's driving and is like really getting emotional over her struggles with stick shift. And Molly's like, I don't know her, so I don't know how she should be comforted. Like, so am I going to let her cry it out? Am I going to say it's okay? Am I going to be more so empathetic to her? And again, it's a great reminder of how they're getting to know each other over the course of this, despite the fact that from a genetic perspective, they have so much in common. So that was another fun, I think, sort of landmark in their relationship of thinking yeah again they're basically strangers to each other to the point where they don't know how to comfort each other in moments of of you know trials and tribulations mm-hmm. well they're getting to know each other on the amazing race that's great they get all the benefit of like they the twin telepathy but they don't have all of the baggage that comes with running the race with your sibling mm-hmm. yeah Okay, I mean, it's definitely a unique situation that we haven't seen before. So uh, we'll see where it goes. They didn't really struggle at all with head of the class. They kind of got through that pretty quickly. So this was a and good leg for yeah, them. And, that's all, and it's also because I think one of the twins had worked in the medical field for years and years as well. So again, that to Jess's point, and we'll get into this with Quentin and Maddie as well, like having that random ancillary knowledge yeah. really paid off for them in so many ways. The only thing they had trouble with was parking the car. Parking cars is hard, Bob. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about Aubrey and David. Mike, what were your favorite Aubrey and David moments from this episode? Uh, certainly when David geeked out, right? He's like attributing like, okay, this is the uh, the reverse bolt. So that way it holds it into place. Like I love him just mindlessly listing off all of these things. I mean, this is what they're hoping for, right? Mm-hmm. This and the dance task last episode, like, both of these are in their respective wheelhouses. It's why they, from a skill perspective, they are a really well-balanced team. So yeah, I think it makes sense why David ends up doing as well as he does here. Because uh, while he hasn't exactly worked on motorcycles, he knows a lot about mechanics. And I think much like we see with someone who doesn't know their way around a socket wrench, like there is certainly an aptitude that you can work your way around that would put you at least a few steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, they, uh, came through, uh, I don't even remember what, what did they do? Did they do the head of the class or they did the big cheese? They did head of the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It must've been, uh, kind of uneventful cause I don't have anything in my notes, uh, really. 
So there was this one thing where it's less about them and it's more about how trolly the judge was. Remember when it was two of them and Rich and Dom for some reason standing in a single file line like they're in a kindergarten class and this judge goes, if you could give this to the people behind you <laughs> and also this one's for troll. you. Such a troll move. I loved it. Might as well be uh, giving away fireworks uh, back from Amazing Race 29 because there were all those <laughs> trolls hanging around in that class. Oh, my God. I, I loved well, there was a point where he like just threw the clues at people. Yeah, and this guy was this was definitely going for like pencils down Hall of Fame. Yes. A throwback classic uh, Amazing Race type judge. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, it is always fun when they have these characters like in costume who really like get into like the the Ducati people like weren't playing characters. Maybe that was the problem with the Ducati task. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't have, you know, um, Luigi motorcycle there with or, like the or Gold Ducati. But, yeah, Gold Ducati would have well, been what, good. Mm -hmm. What they should have done is had Gold Ducati there being like pretending that this was their motorcycle, right? Like, I've got to get back in the race. Please make my motorcycle yes. right now. Or you're going to the Bajoran work camps. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what makes an amazing race task of like having a character there to sort of like uh, berate the contestants. Yeah, attention Bajoran workers. Mm -hmm. That's a popular Golducott meme. Mm -hmm. Please build my motorcycle. <laughs> okay, um, for Luis and Michelle, um, you know, they had some fun moments. Uh, were they the, the couple that asked, how do you say yay in Italian? Yes, that was very fun. And also, uh, Michelle being forced to get out and push the car into reverse because they did. This is something we see a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't even, I wouldn't even say in stick shift. I'm remembering specifically like the really crappy cars they had to drive in Germany in Amazing Race 32 were like always the moments where someone has to get out and be the motor for the car are always very fun moments on the Amazing Race. Mm hmm. Yeah. And for them, I mean, uh, it seems like that they are like right in the middle of things, um, not having a lot of like, uh, you know, big moments where they are shining and excelling in the tasks, but certainly like not falling to the back of the pack. Yeah, they're OK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't seen the best of them yet. If I was still going on my like pick the most boring team to win, I'd say they've got definite winner upside. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, again, we'll see next week when Luis debuts his character of uh, epic movie trailer guy, which might show up in a roadblock. <laughs> yeah, it would be a very Come fun. Come on, person. do my voiceover, please. <laughs> in a world, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's talk about Linton and Sharik, uh, who uh, they did have some struggles, uh, specifically at the head of the class. Yeah, this was not their finest hour. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's tough. I, I would have thought for a hot second, okay, when you have like four teams in a room together, should they have worked together to, you know, you study this part, we'll study this part. But luckily, from the Amazing Race design perspective, they put everyone in separate stations to, I think, uh, disincentivize that collusion to have teams work together. So you have someone like Linton and Sharik who do it, what, like four or five times. They were one of the first there and they end up like leaving relatively in the middle of the pack of those teams just because they had such a tough time trying to keep all that information to themselves, which again, if you don't know with your coccyx from your ilium makes a lot of sense uh, as to just like getting all these words 30 or so thrown at you. And you have to not only parse through them to figure out where they go, but then also separate them out from all the dummy words that got put out there as well. Mm-hmm. It kind of seemed like maybe not all the boards were the same either. Oh, I couldn't tell if if you had to do if you had to identify different parts and you had the dummy words and your dummy words were different from other people's dummy words. That would have been a great way to ensure that people didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing I didn't understand that people I didn't see anybody doing this. There was the organs part and the bones part and no teams were dividing it up. So one person was doing the bones That's and one smart. person was doing the organs. Yeah. There was one thing with Linton and Sharik where I, I there's like it's like two seconds where Linton was reaching over to the left side and Sharik says, no, you concentrate on your side. I'll do mine. So maybe that happened. Mm-hmm. Just maybe on like their second or third time, they realized that's the thing to do. That's one of those things, too, where like, I, you know, I am I, I really give a lot of props to Emily and Molly and Quentin and Maddie for doing it after one attempt, because this definitely feels like a challenge where you have to do it at least once uh, to be like, okay, the first time, now we actually see what the quiz is. The first time, you're probably just trying to memorize all the words that you can, all the random facts, uh, much like we saw last time, right, with like the Saints test uh, in Amazing Race 33 of you don't know what's being asked of you. Once you know what the rubric is for the test, then you can go back and fixate on those types of things rather than trying to memorize all the random factoids that this guy's throwing out to you. Mm-hmm. Or even the most, the the barest distillation of this is the task on the first leg of Amazing Race 13, where they said there's a guy waiting at the top of the stairs to ask you a question when you get to the top of the stairs. And when everybody got to the top of the stairs, he said, how many steps have you climbed? And you don't know he's going to ask you that. Now you know that you can go back down and go back up the stairs and tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you miss, you had to sit through the lecture again. You couldn't just go and do like, uh, just, all right, give us another shot to get the 90 seconds. Yeah. Again, it's unlike the Sate stuff from last season, right? Where like people stood around to hear the information that they wanted to, and then they could just bolt. Uh, You had to sit through, I believe, the eight minute lecture. They locked the door, I believe. (laughs) Uh, Or it was just rude to stand up and leave this man's lecture in the middle of of all the hard earned work. Very rude. Okay. 
All right. And then for Linton and Sharik, uh, we saw Linton working on the uh, motorcycle on the Ducati and uh, he was struggling with this as well. It was it was rough. Yeah. Again, I can't tell you exactly what his struggle was, but, uh, you know, he was not getting through it quickly. Well, I mean, that's the problem with this task in general. It's like you can't really tell what people are struggling Mm -hmm. with. I mean, it, the aside from the the top three teams that we spoke about, it seems pretty much everybody struggled with it. I think the main two things were not figuring out the wheel spinning. Uh, the vast majority of the problem with that was just like putting it mm-hmm. in neutral. And the other thing was, as Emily muses, like when it came to putting the body panels on, one had to go on specifically before the other one or mm-hmm. it wouldn't be flush. So I think those were just like, Again, deceptively simple in what you needed to do. But if you didn't have the mind to fixate on those types of things, then you'd be very lost. Yeah. It seems like also uh, there was some sort of an issue with the ratchet of uh, like getting it like we had to reverse it at a certain point to uh, get it to turn uh, a different way. And that was definitely something that came up for Derek X and Claire. And so they actually got off to a pretty hot start in this episode. They did the big cheese, uh, having no problems. I kind of thought their cheese was going to get stolen. Uh, they like have their wheelbarrow. They certainly did. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I think somebody's going to steal their cheese. It didn't happen. Yeah, just what do you think that situation would be? Because we know we had like the James and Abba stuff, right? Where they a taxi driver drove away with their passports. If someone stole their cheese, would they get time credit to them? Would a producer just wave them through and say, here's your receipt? I think this should be part of the task. I think it's like deliver your cheese to the restaurants, but watch out for the cheese thief. Okay. And the cheese thief is a giant rodent that is, comes out and is, uh, we're going to wheel away and you have to like, uh, then like chase him with a broom. Just this poor PA dressed up in a rat costume. Like, Oh, here I go. Oh, I love a Parmesan. (laughs) Like it's the rat. Get him, Derek X. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's like, I gotta tackle him. Chase him with the broom. So luckily, no uh, wheels of Parmesan were stolen. And then so they went off to go and assemble the motorcycle. And this was presented to us as that, okay, Claire is going to make up for the yodeling by doing uh, this roadblock. So... She did. She had. She struggled with the last roadblock. So this is like redemption for redemption her. time. And I kind of thought that you know, um, I I know that Claire works uh, with uh, AI and robotics, and I thought that oh well, maybe this is actually something that Claire is like uh, has some sort of like engineering background. I I think she is not necessarily a Christian Hubicki uh, in like mm-hmm. getting you know her hands dirty with it. I think a lot of her stuff is, is more programming, which is done mm. behind the computer. I, I feel really bad for Claire, uh, especially, and also for Derek here, who like is having his own little meltdown on the sidelines. Cause like, it's gotta be really tough to see history repeat itself. Right. Especially from Claire's perspective, though. I really hope that this is going to sort of like what we saw with Kim and Penn, right? How Kim's entire storyline was her feeling like she couldn't measure up and having a lot of anxieties. And then her, Mike Bloom at age 10 s copious amount of note taking ended up winning them a million dollars. I'm hoping for a storyline later on in the season where like Claire actually does find this redemption from roadblock. Cause right now two strikes is, is rough to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like my favorite kind of team is the team that really 
is open about how much they're struggling, especially when that team turns out to be pretty good in general, Mm -hmm. because they haven't, they've struggled, but they've also done well. I think struggling and doing well is much more satisfying than struggling and getting eliminated. (laughs) And ultimately they're fine. You know, uh, with the help of Dom that, uh, Derek X was able to channel some energy and sent it to Claire that uh, that he was able to su- support her with his heart, send that positive energy to Claire, and ultimately completed the task. I I love that moment so much. I mean, we'll talk about it again. Dom is is a star in her own right, but I loved her like almost being a bit of a relationship counselor to Derek X as mm-hmm. well, and be like, "You need to send her energy forward." And she reaches out and touches his hand and instantly about like 40% of the Big Brother fandoms like, if only I were dumb in that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, did it work? Was that what ultimately put Claire over the edge? Can't prove it didn't. <laughs> exactly. Correlation, causation, whatever you want to say, they're able to make it through. And I think yeah, it's a really good point, Rob. Uh, that no matter what, they are able to rally at the end of the day. I think they have enough strains. But I actually really like how variable they are like jess and cody for instance were pretty good at basically everything and so i think i'm more entertained by someone like a Derek and claire who have a a lot more ups and downs it's got to be rougher for them obviously Mm -hmm. and like their blood pressure uh but at the same time i'm much more entertained by this than i would be if they just continue to coast like they did in that first place in the first leg, I, I like seeing the struggle yeah. from a good TV perspective. Yeah. And they're so much fun to watch. So um, they, I don't think this is going to be too much of a setback here uh, with this uh, little bit of a struggle with the roadblock. I think they're going to be fine in the second half of the mega leg and beyond. All right. Let's talk about Abby and Will, who I, I guess are kind of like a, a little bit under the radar where we're, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Aubrey and David and Luis and Michelle. But there's another couple in a relationship that uh, I think that might deserve some of our attention here. Yeah. To that point, I, I mean, I know we're only a few legs in, but I'm wondering because we I think we had something like seven couples on this season. Uh, do we think that's too many? Again, we're, we're only like a quarter of the way through the race, but considering how the indistinguishability, we should mention that all the teams we mentioned that are a bit under the radar are all sort of like part of the same relationship. We haven't seen a lot of fighting between them. Do we think it was a mistake to cast so many romantic couples on this season together? it's hard to say because we don't know like who else uh, they could have cast. And we're not trying to single out Abby and Will, uh, but you know, they just really have not had much of a story so far through three episodes of the amazing race. It's been hard for them to really find uh, their own storyline. That's different from, and, and and they've been fine. Like maybe if they were doing worse in the amazing race, like we would get to know them a little bit better, but Really, um, it has been kind of a quiet three episodes for Abby and Will. I mean, honestly, romantic couple is the least interesting relationship dynamic on The Amazing Mm -hmm. Race. I think you kind of, there's a lot of room for variance in there. But if you're a romantic couple that gets along with each other and your story is pretty rote, I think think you struggle to pop. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a reason why in the blind date season, I would say the the majority of the most entertaining pairs were of those that were 
you know, blindingly paired together rather than the pre-existing couples is because, again, like their dynamic is pretty much worked out. And I think when you have a diversity in relationships represented, you can at least lean on those relationships when it comes to a storytelling perspective, right? Like Emily and Molly and Michael and Marcus, both siblings, both have completely different stories and different relationships therein. Here, it seems like everyone's in like very nice, very stable romantic relationships. And as a result, then you have to more so lean on the personalities like a Rich and Dom and Adora, Derek and Claire than you do. Okay, these two are on the amazing race together. Let's see how this couple ends up bearing out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Anything of note from Abby and Will this week? (laughs) They were kind of just there. Okay. Um, But they're in the middle of the pack. You know, they don't seem like they're in danger of being eliminated uh, on the back half of the mega leg. Let's talk about Quentin and Maddie. And I wonder if we're sleeping on Quentin and Maddie because that they had the colossal error last week where they ended up uh, not being in the right country. But outside of that, and maybe it's sort of like, uh, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Um, (laughs) They have blown through all of the tasks uh, that they have uh, been involved in. Except for the motorcycle one. Yeah. I I was surprised that they ended up leaving in eighth. I think it was just that Quentin had problems with those two mistakes that we mentioned earlier, though he had... A really great talking head, right, where he talked about uh, having a moped as a kid and, uh, you know, one of the neighbor kids pushed him off because he was jealous that he didn't get one. Big night for mopeds on CBS reality TV, for better and for worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, you know what? I'm not going to say it. Okay. Um, (laughs) But for Quinn and Maddie, they are really, uh, you know... uh, doing very well like uh they've been, there's been a couple times where they've just like uh, gone through these tasks and uh just in- incredibly quickly if they can it's it's again it's like emily and molly if they can get to the task they'll be fine mm-hmm. yeah i had a feeling even without knowing maddie uh took that anatomy class i had a feeling that like if they are dance teachers you definitely know stuff about the muscles i think when you like oh. teach dance just because of like you know pulling what, muscles yeah certainly pulling muscles but i think as well like you know what dance moves uh you know utilize which muscles certainly stretches i think to relieve muscles as well so i think that there would have been like some amount of aptitude knowledge when it comes to that but yeah it turns out that that maddie really had this fantastic collegiate secret that had them being one of the rare teams to do it in one try i definitely agree that i think they have their couple of things that trip them up but usually they're gonna do at least pretty well, which mm-hmm. I think has the makings of like a team that should have some big legs, not mega legs uh, to make it towards the end of the game. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Rich and Dom because they are, so they bring so much to every single thing. Um, they, it was their anniversary and uh, they were having some struggles. Uh, Rich was having some struggles uh, driving the car uh, Dom reminded him, okay, you know, don't let the car have any sort of like impact on you. Remember, like it's, it's, it's just an object. Doesn't have any control over be, you. Yeah. She said, it's just an object. Objects can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, they're uh, having Rich really struggled with the car. I, I thought that they were like, he was like pulling into like an intersection. I was like, okay, well that's going to be it for Rich and Dom. Like a couple of us like stalling out, like in the middle of the road. <laughs> it's not great. Not great. Yeah. 
Okay, so Rich and Dom, uh, they're struggling with the car, uh, and then they were also struggling with the first part of the detour, uh, the head of the class. Yeah, another thing I want to peg here, though, like, I don't want to throw things onto poor Sharik. Lost in all this, quite literally, Dom says that she doesn't know how to read a map either, mm -hmm. which, like, Again, you, you assume that the couple works out before the season. Okay, I'm going to do the driving. You're going to do the navigating. Now, Asta and Nina spoke about this in my interview with them, that like they had actually switched for whatever reason once they saw that the car wasn't a stick shift. Uh, but maybe that's the case where like Rich is usually the navigator. I'm just a little confused, to be completely honest. I don't know if Dom thought, thought that she might possibly just manifest that they would find the location without needing to consult a map, but if the assumption is that Rich would drive and Dom would navigate, a little bit of map reading goes a long way here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but look, when you have the universe on your side, Mike, you know, you're going to figure it out, okay? I mean, I can't speak from experience. The universe is almost never on my side. So I just, I look upon Dom with, with all the love and light green tinted because I am incredibly jealous of uh, the, the Murfairy spirit that she ended up bringing here. Despite the fact that again, she's like, I don't know exactly how to get to where we're going, but I feel like the universe will guide us there. Just let's not put obstacles in our paths. We'll get where we need to be. Okay. The universe is going to make sure of that. So, um, Rich and Dom are going to also have struggles on the back half of uh, tonight's episode where then uh, Rich is going to be struggling with putting the Ducati together. And we're going to see Dom. Uh, first, she helps Derek X and then uh, works to send the positive energy to Rich. She is sending him energy, strength, balance, and focus. It, this was a great this was a great moment because mm -hmm. she's she has been her contribution thus far has been mostly like when she has to do tasks, she gets very up in her head about it and, and is not radiating love and light. And usually when you have a character like that on The Amazing Race, like that's all they are, like they're the hot mess and then their partner is the stabilizing influence. So I really liked seeing this side of her where she, you know, sends she sends vibes to to Rich, who's having a kind of a day on the struggle bus, mm -hmm. and he's the one that needs the reassurance and the grounding. And she's not she's not put in the slot of being the hot mess for the entire race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then ultimately, Rich pulls it out and uh, he's able to uh, move on. And that brings us to Glenda and Lamumba, who uh, they had just like the disaster leg of the Amazing Race. Now, if you're gonna have a, a disaster leg, good to have it in the first part of the mega leg. Maybe that's the thing. They saw that it was a mega leg, and they're like, "All right, let's work out all the kinks in the first half, mm -hmm. and then by the time the second half comes around, we'll be okay day." Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's 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 burn our disaster leg on this. Like, yeah. Is this a, a new yeah. like Amazing Race thing, like the Express Pass? Yeah, because yeah, almost every team has one disaster leg. And so you might as well burn it in the first half of a mega leg. Yeah, totally. Because I feel like almost every single amazing race team is going to have like at least one night where everything goes wrong. And 
when I used to play a lot of Madden, I, I would have like a game, like I'd be like, uh, I, I would, I, I would win every game. And then sometimes it's just like, you have like a one game where no matter what your, your team is fumbling, it's just like, okay, well, this is the game where, you know, everything is just going to go wrong and there's nothing you can do to overcome it. And that was a little bit Glenda and Lamamba in this leg. Yeah, it was very much like uh, last year's. Uh, this was like the the Bengals Jets game, right? Mm-hmm. Where the Bengals are like, okay, we'll have our one game where we get routed by the Jets, and then we'll go on to the Super Bowl. It's totally fine. We have to work it out. Mm-hmm. So for Glenda and Lamamba, uh, really things started off on the wrong foot, where they ended up uh, not reading the clue. Just Amazing Race One Hundred and One said, well, uh, "Drive to the task," and they tr- first they tried to walk, and then they also got lost. Yeah. Read the clue. Mm-hmm. I feel like we had two of the amazing race tenets this episode, like know how to drive stick and read your clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. and this, this was interesting, right? Cause we got like, I think the first little tiff between the two of them where we got like the odd uh, footage, right? The wide shot of like them standing on the corner, kind of bickering with each other, which made it seem like the camera had like, caught them in the act when really isn't the entire onus of the show that they're being followed by cameras anyway <laughs> but yeah it's, what was the argument i couldn't even I, tell I, was she like, was asking him at one point like why are you asking for directions i thought you knew where you were going and then uh or he did know where he was going and he stopped to ask for directions but uh she didn't like that he stopped to talk to somebody yeah well i could see that being annoying mm-hmm. yeah uh, where you you say I I've got the plan and then you don't communicate that you don't have the plan mm-hmm. and you just start asking everybody that could be very annoying. Yeah, and then they go back and they read the clue and they see that it says drive and so they have to go back and get the car and then they head off to head of the class uh, where it is also a struggle for them, uh, particularly with the accent of the man who was teaching the anatomy class. Yeah, I think they took, uh, you know, when you get the sequence, the montage of them getting stuff wrong time and time again, you know, that's never good. We got that with Rex and Tim last week, right, where they went through things. They the show said about 10. They said in my exit interview it was probably closer to like 30. That's never a good sign. Frankly, I'm surprised that them and Rich and Dom ended up leaving at the same time because it seemed like. Like, how much time had passed? It's interesting that we got the sequence, I should say, of them getting it wrong so many times, but we didn't get the same thing from Rich and Dom. Like, what does that imply? Does that imply they were there? Yeah. And then Rich and Dom showed up for the last couple. Was it that Rich and Dom were struggling alongside them, but for some reason we didn't see it? I was just really intrigued by that choice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I maybe had more to do with that Glenda and Lamumba didn't have as many problems with the car. Uh, and then so that they mm. were like sort of like over there, like they would have been there first. Uh, but then they ended up getting lost running around. Whereas if you were struggling with the car and actually getting there, maybe you got there later. But who possible. knows? Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. And so they're struggling with that. Uh, we talked about that they uh, didn't realize that Emers is, hu- is the humorous. Uh, and so they ultimately, they Emers figure- sounds like uh, the fly inevitable hybrid of Omer and his emu shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, put that together and that could be its own shirt. Uh, the Omer emu, Emers, with Glenda and Lamumba. Riding it off, yeah. It is orange, so it fits right in with their with their decor. Mm-hmm. Please don't give Johnny Fairplay any more ideas. <laughs> so uh, then we see where Lamumba is going to work on the mo- motorcycle, but uh, he's struggling with that also. 
<laughs> I love him saying, all right, slow and steady. Glenn is like, no, slow and steady. We're in last place right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, um, you know, Lumumba says he's good at following the directions, but um, we see that he is uh, still stuck on this motorcycle. I mean, that's and then we kind of fade to black on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is the ultimate version, though, Jess, right, of the trope of if it cuts to a commercial and a team struggling, by the time it comes back, they're going to be fine. Where We're going to pick up next episode and Lamumba's going to be like, OK, I finished it. Now we can go. Well, Jess, what's the call on that? So if you say that if a team is struggling and they go to commercial, when they come back from commercial, they'll figure out what it's going to be. If a team is struggling and we end the episode next week, what will happen? Next week, nothing happens because that's the weakest, like that seemed like such a weak place to end the episode. That means they didn't have anything better. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like it goes double if they end the episode on it. Okay. So the back half of the mega leg, are we staying in Italy? Are they headed to uh, just another part of Italy? Okay. They're going to Florence. Yeah. So it's it's double the cities, double the roadblocks, double the detours, I believe was also part of the marketing. Florence, a city I have been to. So. Okay. Do you have any predictions on the task? Um, the one thing I remember in Florence is they have this huge cathedral. I don't know if they can get a camera in there, but you have to go up like something like hundreds and hundreds of stairs to get to the top of this mm-hmm. cathedral. And if I were designing a leg in Florence, I think I would probably put people on those stairs somehow. Yeah. It looks like we're going to be like carving something from stone in the episode next week. And it looks like you need an art themed task. for Florence, for sure. Dom is going to look like uh, she's having some struggles, which sounds very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else from part one of the mega leg? No, I think, again, like the the tasks were, you know, fine. But I think this allowed a lot of the teams to be able to shine. I know that we sort of, uh, you know, talk a bit about out of both sides of our mouths about some of the, the teams that are a bit more under the radar. But I do think this was a fun episode for a good amount of teams and it, it's i've been very positively skewing with these cats especially having the extended time to get to know them last week this week even if the tasks themselves are so so i think it allows the teams to have their own little random moments of character that i always enjoy about the amazing race okay all right jess what's coming up for you um well this is a busy day for me um i guess we can announce it rob are we allowed to announce it um Um, sure why not because you know what let's reward the people that are uh made it all the way to an amazing race uh recap okay all right so the mole patrol got shanghaied back into service and we will be covering (laughs) the mole for netflix um josh and zed and i and we will be joined by an extra special guest um who for some reason has decided to jump on the jump on the mole with us and that's Mr. Rob Sestrinino, who's right here. I'm very excited. You know, I was a, a big mole guy back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited to see uh, what the 2022 uh, reboot of the mole looks like. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because with the original Mole Patrol podcast, Zed and I had both seen the seasons many times and knew who the mole was. And Josh did not. And now nobody knows. Nobody it's knows. All up in the air, so oh, yeah, we can all be we can all be equally wrong. We can all experience the joy of finding out together who the mole is. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Well, what else do you have coming up, Jess? Uh, well, we've got Walking Dead coming up. Um, Walking Dead is now uh, we're two episodes deep into the 
final, final season fragment of Walking Dead. And so our panel of Josh Wiggler and Chappelle and AJ Mass and I get together every week to talk about what happened on there, um, which is always a joy. Even when the episode itself is not a joy, we have fun talking about it. Um, that's over on postshowrecaps.com. And then also we have a very special, one more special chunk of Amazing Race content coming up. Um, Dan Heaton and I are getting together later today to talk to the winners of Amazing Race Canada. Catherine and Craig, and we will get to ask them a lot of questions. And there was some weirdness in that season that I cannot wait to dig into. I hope they're allowed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So looking forward to all of that. Great job, Jess, covering part one of the mega leg. Okay. Mike Bloom, what's coming up for you? Well, I'll start with Mola Jason stuff uh, because I had the pleasure this week of speaking with one of the executive producers of the mole, uh, Chris Colvender. Oh, interestingly connected to Amazing Race, uh, one of the EPs on Amazing Race Australia as well. So uh, I think comparatively, probably a, a much easier time making the mole than Amazing Race Australia, or at least so far from what I've seen. But that's already up at parade.com. Got his thoughts as to the surprising. Uh, inspiration behind what ended up bringing the mole back. Uh, he talked a bit about some of the more unconventional editing choices that happened in this season. It's really not spoilery. Uh, we just get into like some small details to, to foreshadow what's going to happen when the mole premieres on October 7th. You can check that out at parade.com in addition to my interview with this week's Survivor Boot. Obviously, with part one of the Mega Leg, no Amazing Race exit interview for any of us. But if you want to check out uh, my interview with Rex and Tim, which was very fun, you can check that out as well. Over on Post Show Recaps, uh, covering House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I think both of which had maybe my favorite episodes of the series wow. so far happening this past week. So a lot of fun with that. Talking heroes with Josh as well. So. <laughs> Many things happening. Uh, and uh, Leon and I are going to have Jaunty Jordan Kalish oh, on the BNP yes. this week. Forgot about Jaunty should Jordan be, Kalish. Should be a lot of fun. I have no idea what he's yeah. going to bring to us, but it is sure to be kooky. Okay. Well, I am uh, also very excited. B busy podcast day for me. Uh, not to brag. Uh, I think it might be uh, five podcasts today uh, for me. This is the first of those. And I am very excited that... I think I'm going to make history because I think I am going to be the only person in the world to podcast about all three parts of the CBS reality trifecta from Wednesday night. That's Survivor, The Amazing Race You Just Heard, and The Real Love Boat, okay? Why? That show that's before The Amazing Race, do we think it's going to stay in the nine o'clock slot or do we want to make bets on what date that the love boat will switch places with Amazing Race? But for why? Like, because um, that I think that they're going to do everything they can to help the love boat. The Amazing I mean, Race. Yeah, I saw, you know, they, they I don't saw even a commercial care where Jerry O'Connell said, hey, Survivor fans, stay tuned. The Real Love Boat's coming up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw Jeff Probst uh, talking about the Real Love Boat on like a TikTok also. Really? Yeah, they're never going to do anything to help the Amazing Race. They're like, Amazing Race is fine. It has its fans. We could do anything in this it. time they slot. They love a task. Yeah. yeah, they'll find it. They'll watch it. We don't have to convince them to watch it. But Real Love Boat, that's going to take some selling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So find out how it went when I talk about the Real Love Boat with 
Jenny Autumn, and Kirsten McInnes. Okay, later on today. So be on the lookout for that, plus everything else uh, we have coming up uh, in terms of our Survivor coverage as well. Thank you so much for listening to our amazing race recap. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.